peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome back to another Softly Performance Podcast, Lunch and Learn series. We are on Chapter 5, CNS Management, Episode 3. Really excited to kind of talk about this aspect because it's kind of one of those things when, you know, the reason why we started these Lunch and Learn series was to go ahead and help the the Softly community start kind of doing these things themselves so that they can go ahead and better themselves as well as following with the training programs and get more of a context behind it all. And the great thing with that, you know, is the fact that we're really pushing this whole idea of be your own scientist approach, meaning that, hey, you should be able to develop this feeling of awareness and actually have that thinking awareness to allow for yourself to bring things full circle. And that's really what we're developing here with that conscious warrior system and the framework. You know, and luckily both Matt and I have done some, done some really cool um, things in terms of trying to understand it. Like we just got done with this case study with with Chris. Um, we just got done, you know, tracking our our resting heart rates and HRV and all those things. I mean, Matt's been doing it for quite a while. Same here. I got to get some really good data as I was training up for my recon challenge event with the way I trained for that and saw how I could, how I handled those as well and with a different approach. So, so this show really is going to be coming down to talking more about the idea of how do we go ahead and understand an acute stress and chronic stress and how do we go ahead and find those baselines and establishing it and really didn't, you know, kind of implement it for yourself. So again, I'm super excited for this show, Matt. I know you are too. I mean, this past weekend we were reading books and stuff like that, just kind of have some more ammo in the, in the, in the, in the magazine pouch, but you sent me over something really cool and it was from, it was from Mr. Squat. Uh, and, and everyone knows who, uh, Dr. Squat is and not Mr. Squat, sorry, but Dr. Squat and, and, I, I love the fact that he sent me that photo because I was like, yeah, bro. I remember reading that book two years ago as well. And it was, it's was it been around for years, but it's still a fucking good one. Yeah, yeah. So I was so in, in prep for this podcast, like George was saying, we were, we were trying to read from different sources and kind of figure out a way, like we talked about in episode one, where we could strike that balance between giving enough context and kind of scientific background, but making it as relevant and kind of um, informative as possible. And um and I turned to my trusty power uh, copy, which is uh, Dr. Fred Hatfield's book. If I'll, I'll put a link in the show notes. If you if you don't have a copy, it's awesome. Yeah. Um, you always know that like a, a textbook is going to be good when you've got Mr. Universe on the front. Um, <laughs> I think that's like a good marker of of uh, of, of kind of book quality. Um, but in the in the section that he has on on kind of understanding the nervous system, there's this line which I I thought kind of set up set this up perfectly so his quote is what good is it to know all about the nervous system and how it works unless you can get some sort of tangible payback and that's what we're going to try and do today we're going to try and give you the so what that that tangible payback so what george was was kind of alluded to at the start of the episode about the be your own scientist approach that's what we want to try and get across and and as with all of these chapters that we've done essentially that hinges on the idea of Initially, we need to kind of know where we're at. We need to establish a baseline. Once we've done that, we can then apply an intervention. We can try something. So that might be, you could try some some breath work. You could try some meditation. You could try doing five by five instead of three by 10, for instance. That's the intervention. We're doing something different. You're then going to retest. So you're going you're gonna to kind of compare where you're at now compared to where you were before the baseline. And that's normally going to be same, better or worse. 
And then depending on whether you were saying better or worse, you're going to adjust the intervention. You're going to adjust how much breath work you're doing, how much squatting you're doing, whatever that thing is, and then retest. And that's, that's essentially that, that kind of cyclical process that we, we try and really push here um, because it's something that, that can kind of work on an individual level. So once you know what works for you, then you can kind of keep pushing it until it doesn't, then you can try something else and keep pushing it. And that, that's kind of how we evolve and, and move up. It, now, in order to make this specific for the, for the kind of the nervous system talk, we just want to understand that like, like George was saying, there's stress kind of needs to be considered with from two main frames. So we've got like acute stress. So how do you respond to things in the short term? So um, like we, we talked about before, that might be um, how do you respond to a training session or how do you respond to being put on the spot at, at work? And then we also have chronic stress, which is kind of what do things look like over a over the series of weeks, months, years. So like we talked about before, that might be stresses like financial. Uh, it might be kind of figuring out what you can do academically, things like that. So once we, once we kind of know that we have to consider through those two perspectives, then we can, we can start kind of seeing it through the, the be your own scientist approach. Yeah. And real quick too, guys, you know, what's crazy about this is that we're pretty much what we're doing is we're just utilizing the scientific method in terms of really just trying to figure out what we need. And I really fact that I really enjoy the fact that we can do things like this because it does give us insight to who we are and, and how we can handle specific things. Cause there's certain things in our life that are good for us and not. So when we go ahead and look at it from an acute stress perspective, this is where testing your resting heart rate every morning, having, you know, your HRV tested every morning. And one thing real quick, and I want to lay this out there, guys, there's very little information on 24-hour monitoring wearables. Just understand that. And the reason why I say that is because, again, this isn't meant to be a, a constant check-in. What HRV and resting heart rate give us is just understanding of what our, ac our acute stress is going to be like. So I just want, I want to kind of lay that out there, that meaning that, hey, if you utilize a 24-hour wearable, take that into consideration that everything on there might not always be as exaccurate as it needs to be. And the same thing with the individual who's using just their one quick snapshot. Again, Again, just I want to open that floor there because then you know what do we do when we track track heart rate HRV um, and the bolt test what we want to look at from there is going to be pretty much for us what we want you to do is do this after physical activity that is probably the most acute stressor that you can get a reading off of in that in that moment simple it's in a controlled setting you can do that you know and and i enjoy doing those things i know in episode two i talked about how can we get a, a, a snapshot of of our rest of what our sympathetic system is doing and our parasympathetic system is doing um, from a physical exertion standpoint with the two different athletes. And that's kind of the same thing here with that, as well as the bolt test. I love the bolt test. It's an indication to let me know how the central nervous system is working. And if it's, you know, and we'll go ahead and put shows through that and actually talk a little bit about how to do that. Um, but what it does is, is it gives me, and again, another s s tangible uh, payback to allow for me to be like, all right, I need to work on something. What is going on? Why is this happening? At the same time, when we go ahead and look at the saliva test, the dilation of pupils, um, blood pressure, your your thought quality, the, the list can go on. Um, not having to have the, you're not craving to eat, you know, things like that. So, you know, the way I, I look at it from a perspective of acute stress Everything is a micro micro stress, right? Every single day. So if we can go ahead and take an understanding of those stressors, we can then go ahead and see how to go ahead and and and, and develop a recovery system to go ahead and manage that kind of lifestyle. And ultimately, that's kind of what it is that we're trying to do here. 
Yeah, definitely. So, so as an example, what you might want to do is if you know that you've got um, a specific event coming up. So for instance, you've got ACFT, let's use the power throw as an example, or um, another example might be if you've got a, a range package or a range session coming up. What we want to know is, is like we talked about before, we need to identify where, like, where are you on that, on that given day? Are you kind of wound up? Are you relaxed? Are you somewhere in between? And we also want to know like what's going to be the optimum state again in quotes to, uh, to, to be in, to do that activity. So for example, something like the power throw that's, that's super aggressive, that kind of looks and feels a bit like Olympic weightlifting. If you guys haven't, haven't kind of tried it before, um, where exactly where you're going to be is going to be individualized, but you probably don't want to be super parasympathetic. You probably don't want to be like barely awake, kind of snoozing and, and really chilled. You probably want to be a little bit more towards the, the sympathetic, the sympathetic side of things. And what we can do is we can kind of, we can again, perform it like a, like a be your own scientist. We can perform it like a mini study. So we can get an idea of, of where you're at um, from, tracking heart rate or, or HRV or something like that. You can perform the activity. So you can perform the, the power throw or you can, you can kind of maybe put a few rounds down range, see where your performance is, and then try and apply some sort of intervention. So in this, in this kind of um, respect, we mean to, to push yourself either more sympathetic or more parasympathetic. And we can do that. We'll, we'll, George will talk about that in a second. We can do that through a number of different interventions to upregulate or downregulate the system then retest so once you're like more jack more like pumped up or more relaxed do your power throw again or, or do a few, or, or like hit a few more rounds and see what your performance does and and that's essentially kind of the, the approach to take from an acute perspective so you can kind of fine-tune performance depending on where you want to be like we talked about in, in episode two ultimately over time what we want to be able to do is is kind of get to that place automatically so you're not having to consciously think about uh, applying like an intervention and that's that's almost kind of get into sort of flow state theory and, and things like that now from a, a chronic stress position a chronic stress perspective um, it's basically the same thing but but looking at it over a more of a prolonged period of time so again we're going to establish a baseline like george has been talking about we're going to be taking heart rate or heart rate variability something like that monitoring that every morning um, depending on where you're at depending on what you're seeing you can either upregulate or generally more common we, we want people to down regulate more so more breath work more massage that kind of thing and then we can see what effect that has on that baseline data and depend like we talked about with the test and adjust depending on what you see you can either do more or less or try something different until you kind of get the response you want and as long as you keep coming back to that that baseline this idea of comparing kind of data pre and post then we can get really good insight into into sort of where we're where we're going um george you want to go through like a few of the, the yeah interventions? well i also want to share like an example so you guys can see what we're talking about when it comes to regulation and, and and the idea with that would be you know let's say you're a firefighter being called to a fire you know you're going to need a certain state of arousal or a level of arousal for you to go ahead and perform your job well let's say you just got woken up out of your bed the crazy thing about that is when you wake up out of your bed you are at your most sensitive state of in the parasympathetic state so your body's super sensitive to whatever comes so now that fire call while you're asleep 
and everything else has now actually caused you to be a little bit over sympathetic or under sympathetic. And since we're talking about upregulation, let's say you, it, it, you're like, oh, wow, I'm, I'm awake, but I'm still not really awake. You know, you're in that sleep inertia phase. You can then recognize, oh, I might need to do some breathing work right real quick on the way to this call to get myself up and to that arousal state that I need to be at to op- to operate at my full potential. Now, the, the, the opposite of that, would let's go and take that firefighter who just got done doing the fire. We know that we need to get him to go ahead and downregulate because it's in the middle of the night and he's possibly going to go back to sleep after he's cleaned his gear, cleaned the, done the things that they need to do. Well, how do we go ahead and get them to downregulate so the system can kind of start recovering from the psychological and the physiological responses and stressors that they just went through. And that's what that downregulation does for us. So what it does over time is that it teaches us how to manage these undulations in, in chronic and acute stressors to handle and build the system to be at its, its optimal functioning state so that you can do your job and live your life. And ultimately, that's the idea behind that. So again, can we do downregulation things over a specific time and duration, you know, then we can use massages. Let's say you go and do a massage for the next eight weeks and you go ahead and start tracking your HRV or you track your resting heart rate or you tracked uh, a metric in terms of uh, when you're uh, in a gym or something like that. You did that. Well, now that intervention could just be massage once a week. That is now a unique and an acute stressor that you've implemented over, over a specific time that then becomes, and again, when we say chronic stress, we don't mean it from a bad perspective. I'm looking at it from a, a point of like, this is just in your everyday life and we got to go ahead and learn how to manage those things every day to keep us at homeostasis because that's just part of who you are. Well, if you're going to get massages for 14 days or, or for a month, once a week, you get an insight to what that does to your system. Why? Because now you're laying down there for 60 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes when no one bothers you where you literally can dis- disconnect and get in such a huge symp- uh, parasympathetic state that that boost from that only just recreates a, a new baseline in your homeostasis over time. Even just small things like that is what I'm talking about. Doing visualization work, doing yoga, all the stuff on the Softlead app that we've given you, those are all down regulation things. What we have now started implementing into these programs are up regulation things breathing work, hey, you're doing some kind of pre-run, run, pre-run, pre-swim, pre-bite, any kind of thing that's going to go ahead and get the sympathetic state awake. And those good things could look at, you know, jumps, right? Jumps are great for activating the central nervous system to get that sympathetic state up to where you need it. It's also a huge indicator into how your system's firing as well. Um, and you can even use that vertical jump test as a look into your central nervous system by you now, every single day you go into the gym, you are doing a max effort vertical jump or wall touch and you mark it. I guarantee you, if you see that number a little lower than what you usually do, I guarantee you're probably feeling a little low energy that day without a doubt. And that's another way to look at your central nervous system. I just threw that out there. We can use a power test, a power throw test, right? And a lot of people are like, well, what do you mean a power? Well, yeah, we have to do that. You have to do the power throw and the ACFT, right? Why not do it for the next 14 days and utilize that as a marker to go ahead and find something, retest, test, retest, test, retest, test. Oh, cool. I am now practicing the skill. I'm getting insights how my body's recovering and I can adjust training from there. Now I have resting heart rate. If I want to check that, I now have how long it takes for me to get from my peak heart rate during an event to my resting. It's back down to a, a, a hundred beats per minute or a resting state of that I believe is good there. We have bolt tests. We have the saliva test. We have all of these things that we can, we can kind of get, become more aware to 
So go ahead and give us that that ability to have tangible paybacks to our central nervous system, like Dr. Squat said. Mm. And, and so much of this is is kind of context driven as well. So like again, we we're under no illusion that that this community probably more than any other is is subject to a lot of stress, a lot of kind of occupational based stress, um, and and kind of like George was saying not seeing that necessarily as a good or a bad thing it's it's just a stress um and and kind of being able to being able to understand where that fits in 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 kind of the the grand scheme of things with regards to like um if if you've not listened to the the episode where where chris talked about his his priorities his his four priorities where like occupational stress fits in with with relation to things like family and and kind of your own personal time stuff like that is is really important for for um i guess i guess understanding the data that you're seeing correct um yeah um but to to sort of to start wrapping up this chapter really as has become customary at the end of every chapter we we like to throw out a challenge for you so what we're suggesting is is probably to pick one pick either a chronic or an acute type intervention so either pick an activity that you're going to look at so for example um if you've got power cleans coming up uh in, in the next week or so for, for training, play around with with using that as your your baseline, your, your metric. How does it feel when you're really relaxed? How does it feel as you get increasingly kind of wound up? Um, or you can do something chronic. So if, if you've got the ability to to test bolt, heart rate, heart rate variability, something like that, and you've got a, a relatively stable period for the next sort of 10, 14 days where there's not loads of other stuff going on, get like a, a baseline, have an idea of, of where you're at. And and then once you, once you've kind of got that, that sort of baseline, have a go at adding an intervention and see what happens. Um, give it, normally we, we suggest trying something for around 14 days. So if you're, if you're doing something like, um, like breath work or you're playing around with your nutrition or you're adding in some more, uh, so like George talked about massage, that might be foam rolling or that might be some static stretching, things like that. Play around with that, with adding that in for around fourteen days and see what happens to your your daily metrics, your daily scores, and uh, and kind of check that outcome. Um, and as ever, please share with us. Please let us yeah. know. Let the community know what works for you, what doesn't. And before we wrap it up, you hit one point, and I promise we won't go too far down a rabbit hole. But you said nutrition, and I think that's a really good thing because it is one of the one of our pillars. And the reason why we utilize that is because, again, you stated in the very first chapter the what did you name it? You highlighted it. It was, it was how we view the gut, how we view gut health Mm -hmm. and understand that like we didn't touch down that, but nutrition is ultimately that driver to that nervous system, which also affects how we go ahead and respond to stressors. So for example, if you know that you eat gluten all the time, right? How much you try pulling it out and see what happens to your resting heart rate or whatever you're tracking and see what happens from that. That's an example from a nutritional standpoint, or, Hey, I don't like, I'm not very good with dairy, then pull it completely out. Or, Hey, I don't do well with processed sugars. We'll pull out those processed sugars and see what happens to your system. And I guarantee you, you'd be very surprised. So bringing it full circle, the reason why I wanted to state that, cause we didn't dive deep into the gut health aspect of how I look at this, but I do want you guys to take an awareness that, Hey, nutrition also matters. Oh, everything's linked. Everything's linked to everything else, which is a gift and a curse, I guess. Yeah, no kidding. So, all right. Again, guys, thanks for sticking through the past three, uh, the three episodes. I know it was, uh, 
it was a little bit more deeper than we had gone before, but we really believe that bringing this in was a huge piece to kind of going into like, hey, let's do this and make it work. If you guys have any questions for Matt or I, please reach out to us, matt at softly.com, george at softly.com. And again, even if that means you're emailing us your results, that's cool. If you're on social media, please tag those results or being like, hey, like I'm tracking this thing. Look at this thing actually changed. And again, we're always looking forward to new topics, ideas, conversations. Please reach out to us, guys. Till next time. Laters.